Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Jay and John again. What's up, gentlemen? Hey, how's it going? I didn't like how you said again. It's almost like you didn't want us to be here. No, the reason I say again uh, is twofold. The yeah. first is that we generally have like a, you know, slightly rotating host structure. Um, so I'd say it's, it's you know, the fact that all three of us are here together two weeks in a row um, is worth mentioning because this is sort of, this is not sort of, this is going to be part two of our Objectives 101 episode. Uh, last week, we went over the core set of objectives. This week, we're going to go over the expansion objectives, which is priority mm-hmm. supplies. So that would be um, sabotage and then the three vital assets objectives. And um, that's it. We're just going to continue in the same way uh, our discussion of the objectives. So if you want to hear the first part of that discussion and you have not listened to last week, I would encourage you to go listen to that first uh, and then come back and listen to this one. The camera's bad. <laughs> it's bothering me. <laughs> You're very um, blurry. So. Yeah. Fun technical difficulties here. Yeah, it looks okay now. Sorry, hey. Kyle. Sorry for our audio listeners who that didn't affect <laughs> at all. But I don't care. It was bothering me. <laughs> all right. Before we get to the objectives, Jay, do you have any housekeeping for us? Always, Kyle. Always. Uh, yeah. First, let's talk about Patreon. Yeah. Come join us on Patreon, please, please, please. We've got some great awards going, rewards, rewards, not awards. Awards means you did something to achieve it. Rewards means you get it for being supporting. So rewards, we've got some great rewards going out uh, this month. So for those of you uh, that are at the 10 and $25 level on our Patreon, I'm going to be sending out the print and play of the battle force for those of you that didn't get it already we have a list of people we already sent it out to i won't double send that um i'm also going to be sending the gar sex and shield card to all of our patreon members from the five dollar and up level uh and then for the people who have already gotten the battle force cards we are going to do um we're going to do some errata cards this time around and so for those of you that are behind a little bit on the quarter lease you'll get those next time and then also uh i came up with a really uh it's a revamped idea of surge tokens that we had done in the past of uh you remember surge cola yeah yeah so uh we're gonna do a variation of that of surge tokens but they're gonna be surge cola cans <laughs> uh and, and so uh so that's really fun plus we have the after dark podcast on our patreon so not only do you get these quarterly awards rewards uh you also get a podcast we we do a we try to do it weekly um john and i have done it a few times evan and i have been doing it a few times i think i haven't had kyle on the after dark uh in a while once or, once or twice yeah. yeah but maybe i'll get kyle kyle's a tough with all the children to to scramble with but uh we did our live q a last month we're going to do another one this month um i'm going to teach kyle how to record things on his computer so he can do a tactics uh seminar for this month um yeah and so there's just tons of great benefits that you get with the patreon uh with the live q a's with the after dark podcasts and our cool award rewards that we're going to be sending out i'm also going to do I think maybe the next quarter I'm going to do uh, 
uh, unique uh, order tokens that only Patreon members will get, and that'll be at the $25 level. So, so come join us on Patreon. You know, you're really what you're doing is not only you're getting these rewards and all this other content, you're also supporting the blog and the podcast and and the staff, which uh, which is great. You know, so so your dollars directly contribute to the media that you're consuming, which is which is awesome. Um, yeah, so there's that. The other thing is, uh, if you're into story-based uh, gaming and playing, we have our narrative uh, campaign called Stormtide. You can go to stormtide.thefifthtrooper.com uh, to check that out. And we are starting in our third season, which uh, new players can start in season three and uh, get, you know, we I'm building in a system where you'll get caught up on the story um, and you'll get to play while our seasoned players get to continue their storyline as well. Um, I really, you know, would like you to go check that out. Uh, we have a monthly subscription model. You get minis, you get tokens, you get unique story, divergent narratives. It's, it's really cool and a fun way to play Legion. Um, and if you want to get on the Legion discord, uh, and I think I've said this before, but if you if you don't want to take it directly from me, you could go see what people are saying on the Discord. There's Stormtide channels uh, where people are talking about Stormtide. And so you can ask, you just ask them how much they like it or what they think of the game, um, and they'll let you know. Uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's really cool. We put a lot of work and time and effort into it. So I'd love for you guys to see it and check it out uh, and get in on that. And I can tell you that we are gearing up to kind of uh in the next couple see this the end of this season season three is going to kind of tie up where we've been going with the story and we've got some really cool stuff coming up for season four um so i'm really excited about that so check that out as well and then you know i was thinking about this for people who don't know and maybe you're listening to the scoundrels for the first time or something uh we're part of the fifth trooper network uh, which you can find at thefifthtrooper.com. We have a, a, a store where we sell all kinds of tokens and we sell Legion product. We have an amazing blog um, and we have a ton of Legion tools like uh, list builders and, and all of that that you guys can check out. And so if you just go to thefifthtrooper.com, uh, you, can, you can see all of that uh, in a very easy to use navigational website. I'm just, you know. And if you're if you're buying uh, Legion products, uh, is it SWU Legion? Is that still a good promo code for yeah Legion product from the if store? If you yeah. yeah, if you use SW Legion at checkout, you get ten percent off uh, Legion product. Nice. Yeah, and you know we do uh, pre-orders for all the new stuff, and so you can you can do that. We also, if we're out of stuff, we do back orders. So like if you order something from the website that's on back order, it takes us. Yeah, between a week and two weeks to get it but we'll get it in for you and ship it out to you so um we've got order tokens we've got new designs that are coming out so many order tokens yeah all the time They're uh, amazing. we got new designs that are coming out in two weeks uh they'll be shipping in two weeks we also just launched uh our custom um trays that we're going to be doing that you can represent your faction with their army trays so like when you're at an event you can carry your army around um those are pretty cool and yeah lots of cool stuff yep um all right well is that um, enough housekeeping for you kyle it's perfect jay <laughs> whatever housekeeping you do that's the perfect amount of housekeeping yeah <laughs> um all right i like that answer yeah yeah 
Um, all right. How about we just dive right in? Yeah. So Let's last week, do it. Last week we did uh, a bit more general. I mean, we talked about the four core set objectives specifically. Um, we also did a bit more general discussion about like why objectives are important. You know how they help to set the tone for how the game is going to go, um, etc. We're not going to do all that on this episode because we did it on last episode. So we're going to just we're going to just go straight in and basically to remind folks for the format of kind of how we're going to talk about these. Um, you know, we'll talk about what the objective is generally, but then we'll also do like which units are good on these objectives, uh, which units are less good on these objectives, and then if you're including these objectives in your deck like which deployments should you be uh, pairing them with or not pairing them with uh, and then also just kind of how do you generally approach these objectives whether they're in your deck or not if you end up having to play them uh, what is your approach to them so um, without further ado should we hit sabotage the moisture evaporators yeah. real real quick before we do that just as a reminder this is all based off of a blog post that Kyle did. So you could get that at the fifth trooper.com under, under the blog. Um, if you want to read along with us or, you know, we're not reading this, but if you want to, if you want to take a look at the cards and then, and then see Kyle's uh, insight into those. Um, I'm sure you're going to get some of that here probably, right, Kyle, you're going to give a little bit of insight yeah on the cast yeah all right good yeah but also i mean you guys are here <laughs> and you guys did not write the article so i want to hear that's true that yeah true. i haven't written a blog article in a long time it's been great uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah sabotage um i mean auto take no I, definitely not really yeah so why don't we talk about what it is first and then why because that'll right. set up why it works the way that it works um basically you've, you know each player places two objectives the placement restrictions allow you to place them fairly close to your deployment zones yep it's just range one to your zone from your zone range two from another evaporator um so often not always but often what happens and then you interact with them repeatedly to either uh sabotage or repair them basically you're either removing wound tokens from them or you're adding wound tokens to them um and one super 101 thing that I still often forget is like if you're red or blue, which direction are you doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> red repairs. Um, red repair is the way yeah. to remember it. Red repair. It's alliterative. Um, and then uh, of course blue sabotages. So my favorite um, thing is to say the bad guy when we talk about it, yep. right? When we're playing, I go. It doesn't really matter. Just we pick one of those and just do that and score based on that. Like that's like that's what we'll do. Okay. And then the other yeah, player yeah. is like, yeah, all right. And it's worth noting too, uh, like if if your opponent gets mixed up or something and does it wrong one time, like let them just it, it's it's not legal for red to uh, right. sabotage and it's not legal for blue to repair <laughs> based on how the, the wording is in this objective yeah i think it um, is legal but i did recently get it put in the form because literally everyone has this okay. either sabotage or repair but so it's been faq'd that you can't okay so it is it was not necessarily originally that way but not, it not right. is Okay. Yeah. Right. And I'd like to qualify what I just said. So when I said it doesn't matter, it's because generally 
you we're going to talk about this but generally you end up with a tie on these you still have to do them though yep which i've seen people a forget yep just straight up forget um or b like not allocate enough units to do it and then you get near the end of the game and like the ones that you have left are somewhere else or they have other things that they need to be doing or they get tied up and you're like that's fair this isn't good yeah and i think Um, that's yeah that's the debate right like do you do you do this immediately like get yours taken care of immediately and then position for the rest of the battle or do you hold you know they both have their merits i think it's just dependent on what you're facing yeah so let's talk real quick about because you mentioned the tie yep so um i don't want to say generally because there are plenty of vaps games i've seen that actually do go to victory points um but it is i will say it is not uncommon for both players to safely interact with their vaps and then for it to become essentially a game of kill points yep um because you're in a situation where uh not that you can't reach your opponent's vaps, but it, you would have to um, potentially lose a lot of units to do that, which is, of course, counterproductive on a game that has the potential to go to kill, point, kill points and vice versa. Um, yeah. So often vaps uh, plays out kind of like a... Um, poking is not the right word because there can be some pretty big attack pools involved here, but essentially uh, trying to vie for a position in ways that allow you to take out one of your opponent's units. Yeah. Um, and then once you've done that, you kind of have the upper hand. Now, of course, in a uh, tie situation, if victory points are tied and kill points are tied, then blue player wins the kill points tie. Now, people see this dynamic and they're like, well, that when does that ever happen? You know, like I've never seen kill points tied. Uh, I have. Uh, they haven't seen <laughs> enough games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. But the answer is every game. Because every yeah. game starts that way right mm. every game starts at zero zero and zero zero which means that every game starts with blue player winning if not if nothing happens yeah um, so it starts in the balls in red players court to make that change right so if you are a red player uh and you are playing evaporators and your opponent is playing very defensively um you have to recognize essentially what they're doing which is uh stalling <laughs> and you have <laughs> to kill something alive. Yeah. Um, now there are. Uh oh. Cut out briefly. Can't hear you. Oh. No, uh, you're back. You're back. Yeah, there you go. Okay. I think I just. Had... It was my... like one second of audio. My kids have taken to playing with my um, recording <laughs> stuff, and also... I blame you specifically because <laughs> before podcast, Kyle brings the kids over. And it's like, do you want to talk to Jay? And then he puts them on there. So now I think they just think that that's all right. And so- <laughs> they started also now playing with the green screen because they are fascinated by the fact that oh, what yeah. they're seeing behind me uh, is not what the, is actually behind me. This is this is an actual green screen. And they started pl- like yeah. before the cast, like playing peekaboo with the green screen. You know, one of them would be back there and be like, yeah my favorite is seeing your kids come on yeah sit on your lap and then are going huh huh huh?" like looking back and forth going but dad it's but yeah it like blows their mind (laughs) my my six and my four-year-old it's and every time i have to explain it it's like it's it's green screen it's an image that is projected yeah and there's like not a mirror (laughs) yeah so I have lots of different fun images too, besides the starters for our backgrounds that they find more entertaining. Um, 
but yes, I apologize. Uh, what was I saying when I was cut out? Well, um, talking about projecting. So blue player projects th that they're playing, but they're not. They're stalling. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, as red player, you oh. have to kill something uh, if your opponent is yeah. playing like this. Um, luckily, in this game, there are many ways to do that. There are lots of long range weapons that you can use for that. There are. Now, I'd like to uh, go back to my original comment, auto include. Okay. And the reason I say that is because if you get, you know, it doesn't matter if you're like at 799 or 800 because the likelihood of you getting blue player is smaller. Uh, but like, why wouldn't you just auto include this and ever? Because it's always it's always blue player win is winning from the yeah. beginning. But not every not every list is capable of being defensive. Every I mean, every list is capable of being yeah. defensive. Not every list is good at it. So okay, there there are basically. I don't I don't agree with this, yeah. <laughs> Mister Authority. It, I, it's I don't easier agree to you. defend than it is to offend with. All right, every list. let me let me word this differently. So there are certain like, types of lists: uh, like speeder lists, lists with uh, creature troopers, aggressive melee lists, where um, you have some combination of either a firepower disadvantage against like something that is more ranged focus uh, or units that are difficult to keep in one spot um, or units that are not contributing if they're staying in one spot. Um, some combination of those means that uh, you are less likely to be able to stay up on kill points in a defensive situation. Mm. You know, speeders a have to move and B are fragile to include being fragile to things like, um, you know, bombardments, uh, other long range attacks like tanks, snipers, um, speeders are hard to, even if you're good about like doing donuts, you know, you can't like hide behind a line of sight blocker and dodge, dodge standby with a speeder. All right. Here's where um, I would argue this specific point with speeders. If you are, if you're running speeders for the most part, all right. We're going to talk about speeder bikes because uh, if you're running any other speeders, I don't maybe barks, but I don't know. I don't know what they're great too. What's that? Steps. Oh, steps. steps. Okay, yeah. Those are both. I think speeder just speeder not bikes and steps have a similar. If you're running those, you're running a highly aggressive list. Yeah. And I think that that tends to lean towards that kill point thing. No, because those aggressive no. lists are. Wow, built that's a hard no, Kyle. <laughs> you think you you think you're so smart. Uh, I can't I'm, as, wait I'm, to as wrong as, I'm as wrong as the next man. Oh, I'm um, gonna get faps. I'm gonna shove it down your throat. Okay, go ahead. So let me put it this way: All when right. I am running an aggressive list, I do not take faps. All right, and that is because most of those lists are designed to be aggressive in a way that wins on victory points. Um, because, as many speeder slash creature trooper uh, players will tell you, it is not uncommon for those units to die by the end of the game in reasonably like significant quantities but because of what they've done you know whether it's bombing run or uh, whatever yeah um, they have made it much more difficult for your opponents to interact with or win on the objective in the meantime um a lot of like the the, the toe conversion of this list is like the circa 2019 tauntaun style list where you would just rush your opponent with all your tauntauns your tauntauns would probably eventually all die 
but by the time that happened, your opponent would be like back in the corner of their deployment zone and it would be turn five or six, maybe so far back that they couldn't interact with the objective. So I would say specifically when you're talking about speeder and creature, you keep saying creature, but I think tauntauns is what you're referring to because I, th I think dewbacks have a very specific... They have two modes I found when I play Dubex. You can have the aggressive mode, but you can also have the defensive mode with them as well. They do well with that, especially them only being one model that you're trying to hide. They have armor, like they have things to their advantage that are allow them to be a little bit more defensive. They're a little over bit better at it. Yeah. Um, part of it also is like you can only take four objectives, right? Yeah. Um, and if you're if I'm running a speeder list, like clearly you want bombing run and breakthrough. Yep. Um, if I'm running a speeder list personally, I'm probably running Blizzard Force with Vader, which means I want hostage. Um, and then it's like Vader's really good at payload and KP also, and so are speeders. So is it really that much better to take? So th there's actually two things there. A, is it really that much better to take uh, VAPs over one of those? Especially because like in that list, you know, at the end of the day, you still have to do the VAPs, and VAPs do require thumbs to do. And that is a list that does not have a lot of thumbs. And all of your You thumbs... always have at least your three core, though. Right. But in that list, two of your core are, are Storm HRTs, which you want to be aim shooting things and not like, you know, yeah. tinkering with a wrench, right? But you could do it with one unit, even. You can't do two VAPs with one unit. I do it all the time. I would yeah. one turn to, to move do... between me... them. Let me it's put like it this way. Four rounds, I think, to do it. Maybe three rounds. No, it's four rounds. It takes two rounds to move between them. And it takes sorry, two moves to move between them. So that's a that's a full round. And it it's takes just less than two moves, right? If they're exactly two apart and your base is on one side, then you get it less than two moves, less than twelve inches. But if you're playing in my example, Blizzard Force, your extra core are snowtroopers. Well, Here's my problem. Fault. You're really looking at this sabotage the moisture evaporators from Blizzard Force perspective. Well, I'm using I'm using it as an example because it is probably the clearest. I think it's a bad example. For, well, your your term, if if I'm not mistaken, was auto auto include. Okay, fine. Yeah. Your one dumb list probably <laughs> shouldn't take sabotage, but the rest of them should. I, I do want to put a caveat <laughs> as we. We started saying that all aggressive lists don't like sabotage. I don't know about all aggressive lists. Oh, okay. now he's backing off. Yeah, because, you see that? Because okay. I've played a lot of aggressive red player lists, a lot of Wookiees, a lot of Luke, a lot of just throwing things at my opponent. And one of the great things that they do on sabotage is they can get your points. They could hit your – if they're up in your face, that means turn six – when you've ran away or whatever, they could also just hit your vaporator once and win. No matter how much has died. Yeah. Or Luke I, can do it. You know? I think that's true of a aggressive list that has a lot of trooper units with thumbs in it, where the things that you're charging your opponent with are a force user and or some quantity of wikis. Um you know, if you're going after your opponent with like Vader and a bunch of dewbacks, if they kill Vader, like the dewbacks can kill stuff, but they can't do the VAPs. Right. Um, so yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, I'm not saying that these kinds of lists are incapable of playing VAPs, but they definitely don't uh, exemplify the blue player VAP advantage in the same no, way yeah. as like a um, you know like a longer range list that is good at eliminating activations from a distance. 
Yeah, they don't turtle. Yeah. I it's it's not even about turtling. It's about effectively poking from long range. Blah 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 blah. No, it is about turtling <laughs> a little bit. Because I think okay, here's why I say auto include, all right? Because if you potentially have a table that's advantageous, well, let's speeder bikes may be an outlier of this. So I'll give you that. Okay. But I think if you have a table side that's advantageous to hiding things that you can't really poke and eliminate entire units, then why wouldn't you do this? Let me use another example. Uh, oh boy. If you have a list with one or more FD turrets, is BAPS a good objective for you? Yes. What do you think, John? No. Why is that? Well, well, I'll I'm I'm not gonna say it's good for you or not good for you, but your FDs are less likely to participate because your opponent has no incentive to move forward into their fixed range. And your FD turrets can't touch the VAPs. Um so right. So I agree with you, but for a different reason. Okay. Um and it is because you cannot retreat an FD turret. So in my experience, and yes, I have in fact run FD turrets, um, FD turrets can be kind of a liability on VAPs because if your opponent has like an AAT or an ATST um, or an unlimited range sniper like Iden or Cassian, um, you, like you can't retreat that FD. So they start plinking wounds off of it. You know, that's going to be, that FD turret is going to turn into your point deficit, basically. Yeah. Um, so... Okay. Just something to think about. Well, let me give you something to think about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we opened with BAPS. This is great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so FD falls in the same line as eWebs for me, right? And and I've played both as well. But like 65 points, maybe a little bit more if you give them, you know, if, if you're giving them mm -hmm. so 68 maybe, right? Um, unless you're going to give them some other bold crap like emergency transponders so let's call it 72 so like 72 points if you're really there's only a few things that are going to be able to get to that fd that the fd can't get back to and so if you're like iden cassian you know those the uh, uh what's his din coming up right there's only going to be a three units maybe that can can get an FD that an FD can't get back positioning aside. But, and so if you're really going after an FD and if I'm playing FDs, I'm playing more than one. So if I've, if I've done this correctly, then you're positioning yourself where sure you may get off a couple shots with like a sniper, but I'm going to delete at least one of those minis and make your life even harder before you can kill the turret. Oh, I don't think sniper team like conventional sniper teams are yeah. very good against FDs. But what um, I guess what but... I'm saying is any list that has an FD, if it's designed properly, you're gonna have things that are gonna be able to return that fire. And and I, I hear what you're saying, but I think also you, you know, I think there's smarter ways of playing that list that like you shouldn't really have an FD in a position where it's just getting plinked to death by. 30 different things without you returning fire like the the idea in my head whenever i'm playing an fd turret or something of that like that is to position it in a way where i yes i want you to come try to shoot it 
Uh, and then I'm going to position to then kill whatever that just came up to, to try to kill it. And so in that case, VAPS is still good for me because maybe you get 70 points, but I'm going to get 100. Maybe. I mean, you're still putting yourself in a position where... I don't know. Like, you're putting yourself in a position as blue where you have to kill uh, your one of your opponent's units. Yeah, yes. and say... Well, and so to Kyle's point, say you've got an FD against... I don't know, uh, an ATST even, mm. and the two FDs are are plinking down that ATST real good because they've got native impact, and maybe the ATST gets uh, an an FD cannon, maybe it doesn't, but the ATST can just step out of range and be like, all right, I'm done fighting, it's not going to work out for me, and the FD cannon can't, you know. Yeah, I just find it a liability because you can't. You you cannot retreat it. Um, yeah. So if if it comes down to kill points, your opponent, if your opponent wants to focus on that, then that puts you as blue player in a position where you have to kill something. Which... I think that's fair, and I think what what we don't want to conflate here is, I think that's also dependent on what your opponent is playing. So like, oh sure sure, you, yeah. you know what I mean. So like, I I don't think that stops it from being an auto include. I think it stops it from being a pick while you're you know, or or trying to get around it from being a pick. You know, during during selection, um, I still think it's an auto include. Let let me introduce one more uh, variable, which right. I think speaks to this conversation. Well, Kyle's a good arguer. He just keeps going. He can't. He just. <laughs> This is what I do. <laughs> he can't be wrong. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> no, and this is, you can find all of these things, by the way, in my article, all of these points that I'm making. Oh, because um, you wrote the article. article now, now we have to listen. Uh, no, no. I'm so. just saying like, I'm not like, I'm not bringing these up as a way to belabor the argument. Right. These are already things that have been brought up. Yeah. Yep. Um, by you so, in your article. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which wasn't um, proofread by me, by the way. So just, you know. No, just me. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I'm the editor. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, hemmed in. Yeah. So hemmed in is, yeah, you say, yeah. What? What's, there's, there's that, yeah, seemed like pregnant with meaning. What, what, uh, <laughs> so... please do go on. I, I've said nothing except hemmed in. I'm guessing you put this in your article. I haven't read it <laughs> this, but I think a lot of people avoid hemmed in with sabotage. And I think that's a mistake. I think hemmed in and sabotage were born to be together. As, as blue or red? As blue. Hemmed in as blue? Yeah. So that has not been my experience. All right. Um, because if, if you're running sabotage in your list, uh, it means that you are hoping to set up a situation where you can defend and or win out kill points, probably. Mm -hmm. um, in With hemmed in, you start A, very close to each other. Mm -hmm. uh, but B, because of how the deployment zones worked, if if you're on VAPS, it tends to like push the VAPS even further out towards your opponent's deployment zone. Um, and also the way that the hemmed in zones tend to fall on tables, they do it often in a way that I don't quite know how to like a lot of uh, TOs when they're setting up tables don't visualize hemmed in 
when they're setting up like line of sight blockers and stuff like that. So, you know, well, you might have like a battle lines or long march situation where there's like reasonably well-placed line of sight blockers that you can put your VAFs behind. Um, I have not found that to be true on Hemden, both because of how the zones push out those eligible areas, but also just generally because of how the terrain mm -hmm. is laid out. Uh, so Hemden uh, as blue on VAPs to me has always come down to the victory points and an actual fight over the evaporators themselves um, mm. because they are usually within reach of red player A and B uh, because of where red player and blue player start on Hemden you know red players are going to have access to your units as okay blue player. so then I guess what I want to say with this is that and may, maybe I was too strong in my wording earlier, but I think in all the lists that I have played, which are aggressive uh, lists, being blue player in Hemden has seemed to work out for me with sabotage because I find that let's say, let's say I deploy my 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 moisture evaporators to the left side of that table, right? they start to focus their deployment in that left one. And then they put there because of how, the nature of where they have to be spread out. They their theirs end up going more towards the middle and to the right. Let's I'm just as a scenario. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then they light load that right deployment. And so you can generally get theirs and the kill points. Well, and, you know, you kind of do like a, like, you know, oh, look over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to go this way. Um, and you can, and that, I guess that probably doesn't work with all this. That's probably more aggressive Jedi lists, um, double heavy lists, like that sort of stuff all works with that. But, but yeah, but I guess it makes more sense if you're like looking at like a strictly a gun line, maybe. Yeah. Usually, I guess that's a long way of saying uh, if I'm, if I'm running something that's more like a defensive list, like a force user gun line, and I'm running evaporators, I usually do not include hemmed in. Yeah, that's um, fair. Because of the way that that the vetoes work, uh, you know, your opponent can often force a situation where, like, if you want to play vaps, uh, you also end up playing hemmed in. Mm -hmm. And then to me, at, with a defensive force user gun line, that kind of defeats the purpose of having vaps in your deck in the first place. Um, and then the but second component is so great for most of the other blue player objectives well that is that is uh part two of this which is if i'm running something with some like speeder bikes um hemmed in is great for payload as blue it's great for kp as blue it's great for recover. hostage as blue it's great for recover as blue it's great for almost everything except sabotage yeah um and uh if you're running those objectives you know, like bombing run or breakthrough or hostage or recover or whatever, or payload. Um, you want to have a situation where hemmed in is in your deck and your opponent has to be like, well, do I want to play payload and hemmed in or do I want to play bombing run? Um, and uh, I was, in fact, this happened in my last invader game because again, I'm going to use Blizzard Force. Uh, I'm playing Blizzard Force in round robin Gross. for invader. So this is why this is on the brain. <laughs> Um, you're a, a mean person i am a very mean person and so far i've played uh i went in cold by the way and i don't mean that as a pun um <laughs> i had not played Ooh. blizzard force before. you absolutely meant that as <laughs> come on <laughs> there's no way you said that without knowing what you were saying uh 
I had pre let me rephrase. I had previously not played Blizzard Force. I played it for round robin. I've played two games. Both of those games have been full tables by turn four. Um that doesn't happen normally with me, certainly, but with Legion generally. Um Blizzard Force is crazy. But uh part of it is the way that that battle deck shakes out because um in like my second game i i do not have evaporators in my deck uh i have a uh, bombing run breakthrough payload and hostage and there was it was a situation where i basically had the cards laid out hemmed in was third slot um and then i had those four objectives along the top and i think bombing run was like it was like hostage breakthrough bombing run no, sorry. It was payload uh, breakthrough in the first two slots in the bombing run. So basically, like, I double vetoed to hemmed in, and then my opponent had to either play bombing run against the speeder list on hemmed in, um, play payload on hemmed in as red, which regardless of what your list type is, is terrible, um, or play breakthrough on mm -hmm. hemmed in against the speeder list and he chose breakthrough which i think was probably the least bad of those options um but my point is like if i had sabotage in my deck sabotage would have been up there somewhere and that would have been like the clear obvious choice in that situation uh whereas by excluding sabotage i created a situation where like for red player all of the objectives are not great on hemmed in mm -hmm. um so yeah all right I'm Why just saying he veto hemmed in. Um, because I might be mixing up the order of objectives on the top. I think if he had vetoed hemmed in, he would have ended up on like disarray bombing, bombing run, run or, or something okay. like that. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the exact order of how it played out, but it was definitely like a do I play bombing run against the speeder list on like disarray or battle lines, or do I play hemmed in breakthrough? Um so yeah gotcha i, I guess hemmed in yeah that's probably that's probably your best bet with that with those options right. you can hold it down a little bit maybe <laughs> yeah um so it's i get what you're saying jay and i think most of the time do you kyle yeah because <laughs> I, I, I just most... heard like a 20 minute diatribe about how you didn't get what i was well saying. whenever whenever i hear auto take it's like a I feel like that that like Red triggers flag. something in me because that's such oh, yeah. a um, hyperbolic statement. Yeah, um, I think it is a most of the time. Well, what are we doing here? If we're not if we're not saying crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that you said that because it got us to talk about yeah. sabotage yeah. for all the thirty stuff. minutes. Yeah, and I Jeez. think that's yeah. I, and I guess that's fair, right? Because I think I think uh, it's auto. I, I guess we're all looking at it from our own perspectives, right? Like you're, you're very deep into blizzard force. So you're like, what about speeders? Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's, that's my impression of you. Uh, yeah. uh, and so you're like, speeders are like my, my new, I'm not typically a speeder player. Uh, yeah. I played them for SoCal, but that's about it. Um, but I guess, I guess, speeders. yeah, it's, it's what frame of reference you're coming in. Right. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I, I think every list I've played, I'm like, Oh yeah, no, I'm taking this. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, all right. Yeah, we can I, move on. I think it's the I right often, call for most lists. I often don't take it as blue just because it's boring. That's fair too. Like, I don't actually not, think it's boring, but do you know what I've come to realize? Knowing Kyle for all these years, sometimes boring wins games. Yeah, I know, but I I'd rather have my... a fun game sometimes <laughs> than 
to me play two hours of boring <laughs> all right let me <laughs> let me defend the entertainment value of sabotage <laughs> i'm gonna tear this um, one down so go for it so it looks like we're only doing one objective this yes episode yeah right this the is the sabotage episode <laughs> we can breeze through some of the next ones yeah. um <laughs> to me sabotage is like the difference between a baseball game that involves a lot of like you know quote unquote small ball so like bunts and singles and you know like clutch strikeouts and sacrifices and like a game that ends like two to one where like the whole game is close the entire time there's not a lot of like crazy big plays with home runs or anything like that but there's always like these small jockeys for position and you know you steal second base and that's a big moment because suddenly you have someone in scoring position um to me that's what sabotage is is because of how narrow uh it is between like i'm winning versus suddenly i'm losing you know you, like you lose a strike team that's 48 points suddenly you're losing and now mm. you need to do something and then you you go and you kill uh you know a 52 point naked phase one and then suddenly you're winning and then your opponent has to do something like the swings are constant they're small but they're constant and both players are in the game all the way up until the last moment. Um, whereas, you know, like a, a home run steroid era baseball game where it's like, you know, both teams are clocking home runs and grand slams left and right. You know, the final scores are going to be 12 to 8. And uh, for some significant period of the game, one team is going to have basically no chance of winning. Um, to me, sabotage is like small ball baseball where uh, extremely minute positioning decisions matter a lot um getting like like you know killing a handful of models on a vulnerable unit uh, matters a lot basically to me sabotage is the situation where like small changes um small positioning mistakes or small positioning moments of brilliance uh, are kind of exemplified instead of just like watered down and you know gone so, through in the in the wash Kyle, for um, you for, for you you literally told John that you were going to explain how it was fun and nothing you said was fun. Uh, it was all not fun. And I'd rather watch a game with a bunch of home runs. Well, even <laughs> even that baseball game that Cal described sounds well, I, I could survive through that. And I was sitting here trying to think of what sport would be comparable to my view of sabotage. And I. Sports aren't that boring. So sab sabotage, golf. this is my thing. It's Most games of sabotage incentivize you to not play. They incentivize blue player to hit the vap and run. And then you have, eh, I mean, is it Cal's, not true? Cal's playing three. If you have an LOS blocker, regular chess over here, then so. why would you not hide? Yeah. You win if you hide. Only if you can actually protect your vaps. Okay, yeah. You, you can't shoot your. Where, opponent's where are you playing hiding. Legion that you haven't been able to hide and protect your vaps? Like, right. Where, where are you playing? There Legion? are games that that happens on, but that has not been. What is the percent of that? I, I have had some fun vap games. I've had great Yoda vap <laughs> games where I get to my opponent's vaporator and I double hit it, and it's hilarious. Sorry, but, Kyle, you're outnumbered but, on this one. We're not I, letting I, you I, win. I recognize that people <laughs> don't like vaps. I, I think if there's like one objective in the deck that is okay, that is decent for a defensive list, uh, that's fine. When the when um, the smart play is for me to not engage, that makes that's 
I think there are. I think you're overselling how often that is actually the smart plan of apps. But I, well, I know well, everybody's I had say, like that one experience. I, I didn't say I didn't like FAPS. I just disagree oh, I like on, it. on how to play it. I said mm-hmm. it was an auto include. I mean, that says something. Yeah, I personally think VAPS is fun. All right. Well, let's but... start back at the top. You know, <laughs> let's start this. Let's talk about VAPS. All like, you know, what? I've changed my mind on it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> let's talk about a different objective. Yeah, we we talked about on. VAPS for. <laughs> This is gonna this is gonna be the VAPS one one episode and yeah. then like nine minutes of three other objectives. Yeah, yeah. Vital yeah. assets. Let's move yeah. into vital assets. Let's right. start about, with bombing run. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So um, bombing run, good for speeders, vehicles, creature troopers. Yeah, can we talk? Let's talk about why real quick because okay. there there are a couple of rules nuances to bombing run that kind of get lost in the shuffle. Um, right. so of course each each player starts with three bombs. Yep. Uh, you have to deliver them uh, within range one of your opponent's deployment zone within, of course, meaning entirely within, Yep. Uh, as it does always in Legion. Um, and uh, you can only detonate one bomb around. Uh, furthermore, um, units with thumbs, that would be normal trooper units, can pick up bombs that have been dropped, um, but vehicles and anything else without thumbs cannot. However, those units can start with bombs because yeah. there is no restriction on what types of units you can give bombs to at the start of the game. Yeah, you know, that's um, funny. I'm glad you brought that up because I think I see that in the Discord or on the Facebook group. Like, it seems like every month or something, someone's like, I don't understand bombing run. How can you start it on a speeder bike if they can't claim it? It's like, because the way it's worded is it already starts pre-claimed, so you're not actually claimed. taking the claim action. Right. There so, are... Blue player, each player yeah. places three claimed objective tokens in base contact with friendly friendly unit leaders. There are two restrictions to worry about. You can only have one per unit, and be careful if you're a vehicle heavy list and you also opt for rollout, because if you're not inside your deployment zone, you cannot start with a claimed bombing run objective. Right. Yep. Also, advanced positions, something to be aware of. Yes. Make sure yep. you leave. If you got like a bunch of troopers in your list, make sure you leave some of them in your deployment zone so you can give them bombs. Yes. Um, yeah. So very good for fast vehicles, creature troopers, anything that's fast, because this is, uh, there's two reasons for that. The first is they, they also blow up and damage your opponent's units. So you can do like a speed or triple move into the middle of your opponent's army at the end of a turn and score point and blow everything up um but it, since it's a one per turn detonate you can't just like kind of slow roll it to your opponent's deployment zone and detonate three bombs on the last turn you have a timer kind of like some of yep. the other ones we talked about you right. have to start scoring by round four exactly yeah, yeah. if you're going to get to these six rounds even if your yep. rounds are taking a long time then you may you may be screwed if you waited till round four yep so if you got a trooper base list and you're somehow forced to play bombing run, uh, you got to get moving. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, like high activations the, the help go. a ton here too, because then you can just, that's the real time where you can drop it in your opponent's face. Um, when you could activate after your opponent has activated everything. If you then, have a unit that's fast enough to do that. Well, I mean, yeah, you're within range three of their deployment zone, and you could double move drop. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let I me... Was... Add, okay, here's something. 
what is the difference between using the free action drop and then dropping the token by death? One scores the other one scores and blows up and the other doesn't at all. Right. So if you die, then the token is unclaimed, but you did not drop it. And it has a stipulation. It has to be dropped with the mm -hmm. drop ability to then detonate. So your opponent could pick it up or you could pick it up. Anyone can pick it up. Right. So I just, I want it because that's been something that's come up where like I've killed speeder bikes, right? You know, right. And then someone's like, well, I'm just going to blow it up. Like, no. Yeah. It's not how it works. You have to actually take the drop (laughs) free action. Yep. Which is relevant for speeder bikes in one more important way. And that's, um, you have to actually, it's free, but you still have to do the free action. And if you compulsory move at the end of your turn, Mm, since you can compulsory move at the beginning or end of your turn, um, that's at the end of your activation. So you cannot drop a bomb after a compulsory move on Donovan. Right. If Which, it's your end compulsory. If it's yeah. your end compulsory move. You uh, could start with the compulsory. And, and then drop, drop it. But... Yeah, because that's still during your turn. Right. Um, but that's relevant because you can only, speeders can only displace units on their compulsory move. Meaning like if you want a triple move into the middle of your opponent's army, but there isn't some place for your speeder to fit in that spot, then that's not going to work. Um, I actually, I, play, I was playing Snyder in the SoCal final. And the situation came up because he uh, had a unit with a standby token and he double moved to speeder with the intent to triple move and then drop it. Um, and with my standby, I moved a bunch of uh, trooper units to like basically zone the spot that he was going to. Body block. I yeah. body blocked it. And then he could either... S- sit his like not drop his bomb in a way that scored um or try and survive for another turn and then drop it next turn he chose to drop it and then just blow it up in a way that didn't score because he didn't anticipate oh, the speeder right. surviving to the next turn um but that ended up setting the tone for the game because then that meant that he could only score two bombs and i could potentially score three right so, um yeah highly relevant for both speeder players and not speeder players which is that it is possible to body block them so what I think the takeaway from that, besides actually doing that, I think the second takeaway from that is um, make sure when your opponent's playing speeders that they're calling out when they're using compulsory. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're playing speeders, make sure to announce it as well. Yeah. 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 That's because I, I know a lot of, listen you know we're playing we play this all the time um you know we've got a you know we've got to be vigilant with saying hey this is my compulsory move this is my standard yep. move because that can become important very important yeah yep. all right um one more relevant thing on bombing run is that if your opponent has bombs that are on trooper units choke is pretty good this force push <laughs> for reasons the same reasons they are in recover right is you can force them to get drops um so keep that in mind yeah, yeah. toss them basically two actions right because they drop it and they're gonna have to move to it again to pick it up and if you're against like maul or something like that he can also double move claim so maul can do like the double move 
force push the token in base contact with them, choke the unit leader, and then claim it. And then if you're not within range one of your own deployment zone, drop it and then blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> Which often that happens, it's going to be near or in your opponent's deployments. Yeah, irrecoverable. No. <laughs> that's that's a game loss right there. Yeah. Um, so be aware of that. Man, I wish light side force users were cooler. Hmm. Anakin's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, because he could choke. <laughs> <laughs> Although you don't often take that on him. But yes, I see yeah. your point. Yoda's cool. Jedi choke Luke is, is cool. so much better than mind trick. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got gypped. That's what I'm saying. I think the conversation was different when you could target operatives and commanders. It was, commanders. yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, I see why you can't. I get it. Uh, but <clears throat> yeah, we need more light and dark side force powers. Agreed. Yes. Agreed. Um, All right, hostage exchange. Ready yep. to move over. All right, let's do ha- it. Hostage exchange. All right, so basically each player chooses a core unit that they control, starting with blue. They place uh, your opponent's chosen unit on or as near as possible to the middle uh, of the board and do a speed one move with that unit. Then they place a claimed objective token in base contact with the unit leader of that chosen unit, and they get the hostage upgrade card, uh, which means they can only move speed one. Uh, they can't attack during the first round or be or they can attack they can't be attacked during the first round um they units cannot use the detonate keyword during round one uh so you can't like sabine bomb bomb them and kill them no. uh and then all troopers get gain the claim i think the only thing yep. minefield would affect them wouldn't it is that the only thing? Yeah, because I don't it's not think an enemy effect. It is not, not detonate. an enemy effect, and it is not detonate. Yeah, I think minefield works still. Uh, and then you get a victory point for t- the objective token that's claimed by unit they control. Then each player gains one victory token for each objective token that is within their deployment zone and claimed by unit they control. So I think I want to claim that if you have a force user it's an auto-include. Because against a non-force user list, it's very easy to win. I say only if you have force push. I mean, if you don't have force push, then you better be Palpatine or like, I don't know why you did it. I'm just saying. Some people people don't take force push. I don't know. If you don't have force push, don't take this card. Sure. Well, but Palpatine without force push would still be great just because he nukes things and pulling the strings. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think fair. that's I think that's right in that if you're taking a force user that isn't Palpatine, you should be taking force push. And if you're yeah. taking Palpatine, he's still pretty good at hostage. So if you have yeah. a force user, you should include hostage. I agree. Yeah, I, I think there's yeah, and they're two different games, right? And I think with the force user, you know, I think if if you're forced into this against the force user, Kyle and I uh, played this game before and we basically both had force users. And so we um, we put, I put them, or you put a mortar and I put a, a an MK on the hostage so that there wasn't any force user shenanigans going on. You can still push them, but, it, yeah. and you can still choke them, but they won't. 
it's not the same wound model will not immediately <laughs> drop the hostage when you use choke on them. Yeah. And I think um, this was on stream. Evan at Adepticon did the, did this with Vader where he basically force push, moved the minute, one of the miniatures way out based them for, you know, he kept, just kept doing that and moving it back into his, just walked him back to the deployment. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Vader doesn't even have to claim it in that situation. He just like kind of like picks, you know, essentially picks up the guy with the hostage and just like carries him yeah. back to your deployment zone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most force users can do that sort of thing just by, you know, you force push it and then you cohere model even farther and then you go base that. Yep. And so that's eight inches of movement you've created in whatever direction you want. Yeah. Basically, For one the- action. I mean, there's there's essentially two reasons that this is like the quote unquote force user objective. Force push is definitely the biggest one because it's one of the few abilities in the game where you can move your opponent's units. Um, but also, just melee is really good on hostage. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I guess even though they can shoot, I mean, you really don't. You don't want to. You just want to move. Just just run. That's that's what you want to do. Uh, there are, I think, there are some situations like uh, clearly, if you can do both, like if your unit has relentless, like if it snows or something like that, then you might yeah. as well. If you have Yoda, you can use Yoda's two pip to do this, um, mm. and you can also guidance them. Yeah, <laughs> just I, for good measure. Yeah, I guess Yoda's one pip but, to double guidance them. Yeah, right. I guess sh- shooting at the at the expense of at maybe. the expense of an yeah. action is not. I not know. usually a good idea right yeah there might be like a situation where you have like a particularly beefy unit that you made your hostage like a black sun unit or a b2 or something and you can get a yeah. shot off and then potentially depending on where the terrain is maybe you can like hide behind something with just one move um yeah i've seen that happen a couple times but generally as a rule it is better to just until your hostage unit is safe just keep double moving with them yep yeah, and ideally you want to. Um, this was something I actually I learned from Nima during during our match with recover the supplies is the is like covering the ball. And basically, what I mean by that is what he would do when we were doing recover was he would move double move to get it towards another unit and then get that other unit near the recover so that if I, you know, if you take if your opponent takes down the one unit, you've got one right there that can go ahead claim and then keep moving the ball forward and i think that's a great move with hostage as well where you just once you can get it close to a unit where it's safe then you kind of double move you know you have both your units covering the hostage while it's in danger so that if one drops it you have somebody immediately able to pick it up and and keep moving yeah yeah agreed that's a great strategy on both those objectives um Anything else to say about hostage? Um, I would say that it's often overlooked, and so be careful with hostage. That when you pick up that hostage, you get you get a little condition card um, that changes you. And everyone knows, yeah, it reduces your speed by one. It increases your courage by one, but it also prevents you from starting melees. So if you're a force user that went for your opponents or your own hostage and ended up picking it up midway through the game, you've given up your ability to start melees, which means you're just running away or you're throwing your lightsaber or you're pushing someone into melee with you. Right. 
That last one's important because yes, when you do a force doable. push, it is not you that's starting the melee. It is, it is the, the unit other. that is being force pushed. It's the unit that is moving that is starting yeah. the melee. Yes. So. Tricky, tricky force users. Yes. Yeah. Force user shenanigans. Hostage summary. Sorry. Force user shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> Hostage great with snow troopers. Yep. Because you're already moving yeah. at speed one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they're and, relentless. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Well, steady. Not, not relentless. They have steady. steady. Yeah. Nice yeah. try. Yeah. The yeah. Empire those always are, those trying two, to get those little two different things. Those are completely different things. <laughs> yep. That's true. That's 100% accurate. Um, okay. Payload. Yeah. Payload. I, Payload's a fun one. I like payload. This was very confusing to me when it first came out. Actually, for a while after it came out. So this came out right at the beginning of the pandemic or during the pandemic. So we weren't getting a lot of reps with this one. And uh, we could talk about it. But basically, the biggest thing to know is that these don't care about terrain. Just to be clear, they go over everything. They just draw a line and they go that way. They hover. So yeah. just we could talk more, but that's my big like. Yeah, they explicitly ignore. Ignore might be the wrong word. They move over terrain of all heights. Yeah. So yeah, height four, building wall, whatever. They just go straight over. Yeah. Um, which I think is good for clearly. There's some theme slash visual weirdness with that, but I think it's good for balance reasons because. It wasn't it, when payload first came out. It was not clear how that worked, and there were a couple situations where, like, it ruled that they couldn't, you know, move up heights or whatever. And then people would just put their payload destinations like in weird spots where the, essentially the payload couldn't get there. So, yeah, um, I think it's I think it's much better for balance reasons that this is the case. Um, it's also notable that they do displace yep. uh, only at their end point. Like a compulsory like a, move. Like a compulsory move for a repulsor vehicle. Yeah. Um, but you cannot block them with trooper models. You can block them, at least their final spot, with vehicles and emplacement troopers, notched base minis, basically. Um, yes. And troopers in melee. And troopers in melee. Manage yep. to finagle where that is. Yeah. So kind of edge chasing. But there are ways where, like, you know, I find payload is often an extremely close objective where it comes down to, you know, a game of inches, whether you can get your payload into that next range band or not. Uh, and there are times when blocking a payload with something like, you know, the one spot that your opponent can actually get to that range band with like even a mortar or something like that is mm -hmm. extremely relevant. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. What are the, so what units slash lists are good at payload and which ones are bad at it? If so there's, there's a lot of units that are good at it, but this is another one where Jedi really shine um, between the fact that they can push units every turn. If you have Master of the Force, um, you could push a unit out of scoring range starting around, you know, round three or four once the payloads are kind of like crossing as they typically will. Yep. Then you could always inch that or, or you could switch that count by one. Just free action yeah um heavies heavy units are really good because it's unit leader that move that can achieve the objective so yeah, vehicles yeah you just put a tank or a couple atsts around that thing <laughs> you're going yeah i like 
of speeders on payload because you can often do like a surprise freeze of your opponent's yes. payload. Yes. Um, it's not Speed uncommon. Three. Yeah. yeah. It's not uncommon for your your uh for players to just kind of like do the couple first couple turns of like slow rolling a payload with just one or two scoring units. Um and you can kind of dunk on your opponent a little bit if they've got like if they've got like two scoring units just kind of pushing their payload forward at the end of the turn just dump three speeders in that zone from across the map basically and then suddenly you've frozen their payload and often uh free, some freezing your opponent's payload even once you know assuming you often can keep yours moving is enough to basically yep. secure a win so um units that can surprise freeze a payload are good like speeders Tauntauns don't get three actions, but they do get, or three moves, but they do still get two speed, three moves mm -hmm. on their medium sized base. So they've also got that surprise element sometimes. Yep. It may be a little more obvious that it's coming, but. Yeah, I saw somebody do it with uh, Leia's No Time for Sorrows where they like moved them and That's then <laughs> like got just the, the space mm -hmm. that they needed with that speed one move to yep. lock it down. That, that's been, that was something crazy I saw. Even FD cannons have a place in payload. Um, now, obviously, when you bring FD cannons, you're trading. Um, you don't have units that are escorting your payload anymore. But you know where your enemy has to bring his payload before you deploy. So you know where their army is going to be, at least for like three rounds of the fight. And so you could deploy your FD cannon to get shots and try and, mm -hmm. and and hopefully turn that tide, you know. But you're down a unit. It's not a unit that can escort the payload. Should we talk real quick about where to drop your payload? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is not something that's immediately obvious, but since your opponent gets to choose your destination after you put your payload down, you basically want to put it like as close to generally speaking as close to the center of the map as possible yes bearing in mind of course where the deployment zones are but like if you're on battle lines you want to put it like smack dab in the middle of that battle line zone mm -hmm. as far forward as possible uh if you're on major offensive you want to put it in that little panhand panhandle corner that's like next to the middle um as far up as possible uh because you know they they don't move very fast so like you might need all six turns of moving a payload even from that central location to get to a spot that your opponent picks. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've seen players put them like in the fat part of the major offensive zone and then their opponent just picks a terrain piece that's like on the far, you know, from your perspective, that's your major offensive zone on the far left side of the map. And then they've got to move that payload like 65 inches or something, you know, which is <laughs> not going to happen. All um, right. So th there are probably a couple of exceptions, but um, especially since the payload provides its own cover, that's also something we didn't mention. Payloads provide heavy cover. Mm -hmm. um, you just you want to drop it like as far forward, as far you know, close to the center of the map as possible, because you don't know which terrain piece your opponent's going to pick. So. Yeah. So this means if you are a red player, you have the ability to prevent this. Absolutely, always prevent hemmed in payload because you have if, nothing if close red. to the middle if you're yeah. red if you're blue i mean if you can yeah. get that to happen great <laughs> yeah but red player can always prevent it 
and you always should. Yeah, it's, I mean, you can put it kind of in the corner of that, like, you know, you have the two red zones that butt up towards the middle, yeah. but then your opponent has all that space in the diagonals opposite. So much to, space. To pick a terrain piece, mm -hmm. and their payload's going to be right in the middle of the map. So basically, you will like, easily be seven to ten inches farther that you yeah. have to move. Yeah, at least. Basically, like, your opponent's playing on a three by three, and you're playing on a six by four for payload, yeah. and that's not good. So, no. <laughs> that's not good at all no it's not <laughs> um six by three sorry not a six by four um other but units that are we knew what you meant yeah yeah melee units really shine in payload mm -hmm. yeah. um because you have two rounds you typically have about two rounds where there you could avoid shooting if with proper los blockers and still escort your payload and then by rounds three or four you know, your opponent has to be near that payload. So they might, they're going to be close to charging range. Um, so those, um, the IGs and the Magna Guard, or IGs, the Magna Guards and the Royal Guards and the Wookiees, all of them have a real good time to shine with payload. Yeah, it's, it's basically, there's generally two ways it plays out. Either you do like a toilet bowl, where your payloads just kind of pass like two ships passing in the night, depending on where the objectives are. But much more commonly, you get a situation where at some point the payloads are going to like crash into each other. Um, payload, very much like hostage, is an objective that kind of sets up a confrontation hmm. uh, at short range. Um, so yeah, if you have aggressive short range units, payload's going to be pretty good for you too. So, Any units that are bad on payload? Gun lines aren't great. Yeah, stuff that doesn't like to move. Because you have to move to escort a payload. Yeah. Right. Um, Rebel troopers. Strike teams are not great <laughs> at it. Yeah. Anything right. with white anything with white dice and not enough dodges. <laughs> yeah. Strike teams are not great at it. Yeah. They're not going to be able to contribute directly to scoring because they're too fragile to be up in the mix like that. Yeah. Droids are disgusting at it because they have so many bodies. Like, I mean, you, you got to kill them and they're just going to march along with it, actually yeah. getting cover from that payload, potentially. Right. Yeah. Because it's, it's mobile heavy cover. So, right. Yeah. Although fitting more than like six or seven B1s yeah. behind a single payload is pretty difficult. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. It'll be a maybe if you get covered. Just, it's not very yeah. wide, the right. train piece. Right. Anything else? Uh, I think everything's pretty good at it. Just not rebels. Not rebel white saves. Rebel core units, yeah. I'll say. Yeah. Everything else in rebels, I think, is still okay at it. Yeah. No, I think that's good. I think we did, we did good, boys. I think we spent about three times as much time on sabotage as we did on the other ones. Yeah. Well, I it think that's it. yeah. I think that's, that's okay. the only one that's the most in. Like you said, right? Like all these other ones are more like home run games. That one's more small baseball, so I think it deserves more attention. It's more like soccer, not even <laughs> soccer. It's like no scoring, and I love soccer, so I. I feel there you dirty go. saying that like no soccer. no 
I, whenever I think of soccer, I think of that Simpsons episode where the, the, the dude is calling the game and they're just passing the ball back and forth. You've got like the American announcer who's getting like progressively more bored. Forward passes to center, center passes to forward. And then you got like the, uh, you know, the, the football guy who's like getting like, he's just super excited and animated about everything. Um, to me, uh, for soccer, I am the guy that is bored, but I'm sure that's what a lot of people are for baseball. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, one of our kids is playing soccer for the high school team and, and I have grown an appreciation for it since he's been playing because it's now that like my, my wife, she was a soccer player. So at first I was like, no, I'm good. Like, uh, you know, football, baseball, you know, I, I got the classics, uh, basketball. And then she's like, no, no, I think you'll really like it. I was like, okay, yeah, I do know. I'm a, I'm a fan now. I really, I really yeah. like soccer. Would, I, would you say there's a lot of minor nuances about oh, the positioning? My. And, oh, my. Uh, Here we go. <laughs> at a high school level? No. <laughs> maybe, maybe, right. maybe at a pro level. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say this. I didn't, and this is why I didn't compare soccer to, to sabotage earlier because I do love soccer and I'll, I'll enjoy it even though it is low scoring, but sabotage is like soccer. If you could place big walls in front of the gold mm. and just like hide behind them and not kick the ball, but just stand in front of the ball. I don't know. This analogy is falling apart, but it's <laughs> quickly. <laughs> I'm trying. It didn't even. We didn't even have to talk. It just. It whipped. didn't even start. I no, it just this drove right off the cliff. More <laughs> off the rails. Uh, you guys got any final thoughts? Not related to soccer or sabotage. <sighs> no. Hey. Uh, get your legion on we've got only so many months before worlds so get your games yeah. in if you're planning on going um i'm pretty sure there's going to be a last chance qualifier there as well if you haven't gotten your tickets yet or won't have them by then and you know you guys should you guys should practice we got a big tournament coming up and uh it's going to be amazing i'm really excited i have no idea what's going to happen i'm sure we're going to do a prediction show but Get your games in. Get your reps in. I mean, the game's going to be different by the time we get there because yeah. Boba and Din and IGs and maybe, maybe like Dark Troopers and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, Dark Troopers yeah. could be really right. Yeah. yeah, it probably won't be anything that we haven't seen by now. Uh, no, maybe Cody. I don't think so. But we've seen yeah. him. We've seen him. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. We've seen. Part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh just their cards right like we don't right. really have yeah right it'll be cards we haven't seen but no units we haven't seen yet yeah unless there's like units that come with cody and all that yeah I don't, yeah maybe but it's still gonna be interesting yeah. yeah i might have to buy some speeder bikes after playing a few more games God, it, it's gonna be it is gonna be the wild west like i know i keep saying that i know i keep saying that but i can't tell you what I mean, we, I could not predict what is going to win Invader League. Uh, I mean, with Kyle playing Blizzard Force, maybe that. But other than that, I, I can't really predict what's going to win Invader League. And and then, let alone, I don't even think there's a meta right now, man. Like, there's so much out there. I agree. I, I feel like, I don't know. 
we can have this discussion on another episode when Sorry. we're not already yeah, over time. Yeah. But yeah, I think the meta is in an interesting spot where there are clear distortions in which things are good and which things are not. Yeah. But there's also not like a like the list of things that are good is reasonably large. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's not like I I could certainly say one of these five things is likely to win in Vader League, um, but. It's you know it's not like Rexstar where it's like yeah Rexstar is probably gonna win Invader right. Um, well, and they're not even like full list like Rexstar is a list archetype right like I yeah. think when you say one of these five things is gonna win I think you're naming a unit right like you're probably gonna say one of these five units is gonna be in in the winning list it, but the the arc the the built of the rest of that list could vary widely I I think not widely but could could vary. Yeah, well, yeah. Maybe. I get what you're saying. You know, like yeah. probably pikes are going to be there if they don't nerf them by then. Yeah. I'd say mm-hmm. some combination of pikes, Boba Fett, or Blizzard Force. Those are my picks. My picks to click. Yeah. But pikes could be, there's so many lists. I, I have a pikes yeah. list. <laughs> like, <it's> like, <laughs> I know. Everybody can take them. Yeah. Except Anyways. the Battle Forces. Thank goodness. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that would be. That would be bad. Yeah, that would be real bad. All right. Uh, well, we are the notorious scoundrels. I'm Kyle. I'm Jay. I'm John Bushfax Bushman. Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs>